Well, good morning and welcome to Noah's Window. We're outside, I've been filming these Noah's Windows from our house. Well, today I'm in my favorite room in our house, which is our outdoor deck. Realistic, I just had it screened in and we're really, really enjoying this. Uh, but this is my favorite room. When the weather is remotely good, I usually write sermons out here. In fact, uh, if you've ever got a phone call from me, I'm probably calling you from this room. Well, today we're filming Noah's Window out here. Well, yesterday we began um, kind of like a little two-part thing in this week of talking about forgiveness. And I, I was sharing with you yesterday, if you, if you haven't had a chance to watch it, I was sharing how that this is the scripture that I go to the most when I'm thinking about my responsibility to forgive those who sin against me. Um, it, it, it really began with a, a conversation between Peter and Jesus. Peter uh, has heard Jesus say that he has to forgive. But Peter's struggling with it. In fact, he's telling Jesus in kind of a backhanded way that he can't forgive. And he's asked the question when he can stop forgiving. How many times do I have to forgive? Rabbis taught three, but Peter thought he would just go way out on a limb. He didn't say he actually did forgive somebody seven times. He just was asking Jesus a hypothetical question. So he asked him, you know, is it enough to forgive somebody seven times? And then Jesus blew his mind and said, no, no, seven times 70. That's just a number that Jesus used because Peter started out with seven. Jesus was basically saying to him, you don't stop forgiving, you keep forgiving. It's, and it's interesting because, uh, you know, someone every once in a while will say to me something like this, well, Mark, you just don't understand that's not the way the world works. That's a great way of saying that because in verse 23, Jesus said, therefore the kingdom of heaven can be compared to, and then he launches into the story. So Jesus is saying, this is the way heaven works. Well, we're citizens of heaven, the Bible tells us. And so consequently, it's important for us to pay attention to this. Let me read the entire story, and then I'll get into what I want to talk to you about today on Noah's window. Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with his servants who have borrowed money from him. We talked about this part yesterday. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. With the If it was gold, it could have actually been billions. He couldn't pay so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave the debt completely, freely forgave, one translation says. So think about this. The servant who makes minimum wage walks into the palace owing a debt of maybe millions or billions of dollars. Doesn't matter. He's not going to be able to keep up with the interest occurring on that debt. And he could be, in those days, sold to be a slave along with his wife and all the possessions taken by the king. And he falls down before the king and he says, have, have, have pity with me, have patience with me. Well, time was not on his side, but the king forgave him. And this man walks out of the palace owing absolutely nothing. Well, that's where we left it, because that's a picture of us. When we came to God, we, we had a sin debt that was unpayable. There was no way in the world we could pay it. By rights, if we paid the debt, we should have had to go to hell. But we fell before the Lord and asked for his mercy, and the Lord forgave us the entire debt. Be great if, there was, if that was the end of the story, but it's not. Verse 28. But when the man left the king, he went to a co-worker, fellow servant, who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat and demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Well, this is reasonable. Time, time might allow him to pay. And here's what he said. He said the same thing. 
Be patient with me and I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. And the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. Jesus said, that's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters. And then he added this phrase from your heart. Wow. If we ever paid attention to scripture, which I hope we always do, you really have to pay attention to this because Jesus kind of goes right to the heart of this idea that we can't forgive. He juxtaposes our forgiveness of others against the forgiveness that God has made for us. And basically, God is saying, I forgave you and saved you because you asked me to. And now you've got someone you refuse to forgive. Well, that could be a lesson within itself. And I think it teaches us a whole lot. It really does kind of help us understand God's perspective on it. But the other day I was uh, I was thinking about this story while I was walking. And I thought I understood something for the first time as many times as I've talked about this text. It, it told me when I looked at this story that this guy, this first guy who had borrowed all that money from the king, he didn't understand sin. He didn't understand forgiveness. All he saw was his own condition. I mean, when he recognized that he was in trouble with God, it wasn't that he really understood that his sins had violated the holy God. All he saw was he was in trouble. And based on his need, the king forgave him. The problem is, when he dealt with his fellow servant, again, he no longer understood forgiveness and sin. He just saw things from his own perspective. This guy owes me something. And when he saw that, he, he basically said, I'm not going to forgive. So I thought about that a lot as I was contemplating my own opportunities to forgive those that sin against me. It's really important for me to understand the nature of sin and then the nature of forgiveness, not on a personal basis. I mean, it's not about me. It's not about just the fact that, well, I need God because I'm in trouble or I'm going to hold somebody accountable because they've done something against me. It is critical that I understand that forgiveness is part of God's plan. And I pray that God will help me when I think about those who have sinned against me. I hope I will think about the fact that I owe God an unpayable debt and he forgave me. So that when someone sins against me, I have the opportunity to be just a little bit like God. Let's pray. Father, I know that it's one of the hardest things that we have to do to forgive. And yet we understand it's our opportunity to be just a little bit like you. Oh, Lord, help us to remember how much we've been forgiven so that we will know that we can afford to extend grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us today on Noah's Window. My prayer is that uh, you'll have a wonderful day and Mary Alice will be back soon to share another, another thought about our opportunity to forgive those who have sinned against us. We'll see you tomorrow.